When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett and David Johnson. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. We're both right for the Ole Miss Spirit. OmSpirit.com. Affiliate of 247 Sports. Today's guest on Talk of Champions, Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman. My co-host of the post-game show, the Blue Delta Jeans post-game show, which we'll have after Arkansas on Saturday. Remember, it's at 11 a.m. It's the early game. So wake up. Get ready for some early football. It's Ole Miss in Arkansas. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review, talk of champions and iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. Hey, David, what's up? Good, man. Or stop me in Kroger and tell me how much you're enjoying this podcast like someone did last night. Man, we just appreciate all the feedback we're getting. This is a, this was a little bit of an experiment on, on Ben and I's part. And uh, you guys seem to be enjoying it. So uh, we are, too. So, again, thank you for getting up and listening to it every morning. This was totally your idea, completely your idea. So you can take credit for it. It's okay. Yeah. I'm good yeah, with it. Yeah, but your willingness to do it and your ability to see what 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 I think we could do. I mean, it's all it's all about team, right? All about team. But I had a guy in Kroger yesterday stop me and go, "Listen, love y'all's podcasts, and uh, you know we're just uh, we get up every morning, and um, you know we listen to it, my wife and I, and it's just awesome." And I was like, "Thank you." You know, I was blown away, and um, you know that's that's what you want to hear uh, for for sure. And we're just having honest dialogue here. 
that's kind of the whole uh, theme behind what we're doing every morning is just have honest and open dialogue. And we'll continue to do that. And if you don't like it, let us know too. Like you don't like Ben screaming. I've never <laughs> noticed you scream though. I really haven't. You I'm know? just loud. I'm just never a loud have. guy. Yeah. I just thought that was an odd comment. I think you're just used to me being but, loud, uh, David. That's the thing. Some people aren't used that, to that. that. Makes it. Yeah. Well, I, I was loud too before my, I lost my voice. You were. I can't, I can't yell. I can't yell anymore. <laughs> you know, I think I think it's kind of a gift from God. Because I've had people who are close to me go, you know, you've really calmed down. And I'm like, I'm the same person. I just can't yell. Yeah, it wasn't intentional. So, it wasn't intentional that no, you calmed down. No, no. I'm, I'm at Tori Kate's soccer games, and I can't yell anymore, Ben. I mean, oh, that's I, mean tough. I try. That's tough. Yeah, but I can't yell. Well, I retired. Huh. I retired from coaching soccer because Gracie was out of it, but Riley's just now started. And – one of my high yeah. school classmates, she decided she was going to coach, and our kids are the same okay. age. She went, okay, I don't know anything about soccer, though, so you're going to have to help. Well, what has that turned into? Me just effectively coaching the team, right? And I can't cut it off. And like oh, yeah. I told her, oh, yeah. Phil Jackson didn't stay in retirement. He came out. He coached the Knicks, was the GM. That's yeah, what I'm Phil, doing. Phil Jackson had Jordan, man. We do have a Jordan of some kind. Her name's Campbell. Another friend of mine, classmate of mine from high school, her daughter Campbell is big and tall and can run fast. So she's like the Jordan of our, I guess, under six girls soccer team. We're undefeated. Yeah. Gracie, yeah. no, excuse me. See, look, Marty messing up because I'm used to Gracie playing soccer. Riley actually scored a goal the other day. Oh, man, yeah, that's and, awesome. And see, here's the Congrats. thing. I totally get it doesn't matter and – the parents out there that see me being dumb and arguing and saying, hey, that's a handball, that's a penalty kick, or that's a corner, and getting worked up and getting way too competitive, yes, it's stupid. But when your kid scores, you can't say anything when you're, like, jumping up out of your chair, like leaping out of your chair, because it is yeah. exciting. It's a really fun thing. And what what is there to be competitive about anymore at 35 years old? There's nothing to be really competitive about, so you kind of have fun with this. And I'm back in it. You're very, you, know, you see, though, you're a very competitive person. I am. This is a case of you not being able to see the forest for the trees. You can't see yourself, but you are extremely competitive. Yes. I'm extremely competitive. And, and honestly, that's what drives us on this website. And, and I mean, we've talked about it before. I mean, look, if somebody beats us on something or you know, we're not on top of something. It kills our souls. I mean, Ben and I'll moan about it for three days. Like, man, we can't do that again. That's, you know, I mean. It's no knock on anybody else. And it's not like I'm trying to run down anybody else. It's just more of, we want to do a good job for people. That's all it is. It's this desire to be good. That's it. And we fail a lot when you fail. I think we take the failures way harder than we do the successes. We do. We do. There's no doubt about it. And uh, there are failures and successes in this business. Um, you know, but we always linger I, on the failures. We never really celebrate the successes like I think we should sometimes. Well, that's, that's what kind of fuels our fire. But moving on. Well, speaking of, you did break news on Wednesday, and it wasn't good news. Caleb Warren has an ankle injury. What's going on? Yeah, I was, uh, I was actually picking – Corey Kate up at church Wednesday night and um, 
my phone started blowing up and I'm like, uh oh, this is not good because this person called and then this person called and then this person called. So I get her in the car and I start returning calls and unfortunately find out that, uh, yeah, our starting left guard, Caleb Warren, having surgery Thursday morning, uh, this morning. And, um, you know, going to be out for a couple of weeks, actually. That's all. Uh, they're doing this tightrope procedure, which is a very non-invasive procedure on his ankle where he's got three torn ligaments. And uh, if you remember back, and, and Sean's dad has already pointed this out on the message board, Sean Rawlings had a similar surgery, uh, missed uh, 10 days, and he was back in the lineup. So this is a temporary whammy. But um, I think Caleb's going to be back by the end of October in this lineup. Uh, not a good pill to swallow going into Arkansas, especially with the offensive line coming off a, a, such a, a poor performance at Alabama. Uh, and especially, you know, when Nick Broker tells us their main issue has been pre-snap communication. And, you know, the workings of the offensive line, you and I talked about this I think on Wednesday, Ben, but all that pre-snap communication, you know, when you're talking about in the trenches starts with the center. And now he's going to have a newbie play next to him on the left side. And he's going to have to keep in line for the entire Arkansas game, make sure he's got the calls, make sure he's going in the right direction. And when you factor in the Rebels' tempo, that is a difficult proposition. Uh, Caleb Warren was a vet. He started the last eight games last year after he missed the first two, remember, with a broken hand, and Reese McIntyre started. And, um, you know, I said that you're likely to see Jordan Rhodes or Cedric Melton uh, probably fill in at left guard. And, you know, I've had some questions about Reese McIntyre. Well, as we reported, McIntyre was taking most of his fall camp reps as a backup tackle. So, uh, they're, they're looking at him more as a tackle now as opposed to a guard. So that's why uh, the guy that does have two games under his belt as a starter from last season is probably not in the mix to fill that left guard void on Saturday. But wouldn't he be able to do it anyway? I mean, guys yeah, like I think that. He would. Yeah. But, but the thing of it is, with, with Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy's offense, uh, the functions of the offensive line is not very simplistic. Um, you know, so I understand them having some communication issues because there's a lot going on up front. When you see that center waving his hands and pointing, he's, he's pointing guys, he's pointing that mic backer out because everything's kind of based off that point. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of shuffling going on on the defensive side of the ball. And, uh, you know, sometimes you get caught with your drawers down. And that happened against Alabama. Um, but, you know, putting a new guy, inserting a new guy, a rather inexperienced guy in that lineup Saturday, hey, that's a big deal. That is a big, big deal. Yeah. Because Caleb Warren, in my opinion, has got a future playing football after college. Uh, that is quite a talent that uh, you're not going to have available on the offensive side of the ball. And you couple that with, um, you know, Jonathan Mingo's not going to play then you start getting a little bit concerned. What the hell's happening in practice? 
man, it's football. I could tell you this, that, that, you know, somebody told me this was just a, uh, an unfortunate situation that happened to Caleb at practice. Um, and a, uh, you know, maybe a defensive player kind of, kind of, kind of crashed on him when he, when he didn't necessarily have to. Well, that's not good. Not good, but it's football. You know, nobody's doing anything intentional. No, everybody's trying to get after it. Your job's at stake on that practice field. That's just tough. Jonathan Mingo and then Caleb Warren. And we talked about this yesterday, how this is probably the most significant stretch of the season and the season-defining stretch of the season. So to not have Caleb Warren, Jonathan Mingo's out for an undetermined amount of time. He might get back in six weeks. He might get back a little sooner, a little later. We don't know. But Caleb Warren, even if he's back, might not get back at all. And then Caleb Warren... If he's out 10 days or a little bit more than that, considering what the offensive line has gone through, and it all started when Lane Kiffin decided to make a move at offensive line coach in the spring, and all you've seen is some upheaval there, and now a a unit that was otherwise expected to be a strength, now it's lack of depth that we were concerned about is starting to show because we're talking about players in Jordan Rose that was brought in in August – we're talking about Cedric Melton, who hasn't played any kind of real stretch. That's why Reese McIntyre makes sense. But if he's a tackle now, I just figured that backup offensive lineman, where you draw your value, is can you go in at left tackle in a pinch, left guard, right guard, right tackle, it doesn't matter. Can you just go in where you're needed and not really be locked in to well, one particular spot? That's what's surprising to me. Yeah, and it's not necessarily physical abilities. You've got guys that could, could be interchangeable from a physical standpoint and an athletic standpoint, but your whole picture changes when you're playing tackle versus when you're playing guard. It, I mean, yeah, your, your whole responsibilities, you know, your assignments and all that. And uh, that's where you worry about more confusion coming in and you make an excellent point. We're talking about Jordan Rhodes, maybe, maybe starting Saturday. He's been in this program. What? seven, eight weeks. Yeah. And then, you know, the communication in the trenches starts with the center. He's been here since July. So, you know, and then you, you make another great point, Jake Thornton, offensive line coach. He's the new guy in the room in June, Mm -hmm. you know, I I mean, and everybody's got their own philosophies and things like that. I mean, they're blocking it up the way Lane wants it blocked up, obviously, but, uh, you know, different, there, there was an adjustment and, and, you know, that adjustment may still be going on. You know, you get settled in with an O-line coach and boom, he's gone. It's just a lot of change and a lot of upheaval in a short amount of time. I do get, however, one thing that um, we talked about forever was that they were going to attack the transfer portal for a potential starting tight end. And they could have had Trey Barry and they didn't go that direction. And instead, they added two offensive linemen. And now that we're deep into the season here, that was the right call because just the depth isn't there. It isn't there. Once you start thinning out the herd a little bit and losing Caleb Warren, who before the year, if we would have identified the most important Rebels, Caleb Warren probably wouldn't have been one of those players. But as you think about it, he's a linchpin player. And you have to have that guy not only start at left guard every single day, but the competency that he's shown – and the upside that he's shown, he doesn't get enough credit for how good he's actually been for an offensive line. It's had communication issues. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And, uh, 
you know, and, and you bring up the tight end position, but, you know, you also got to factor into your concern that there's really not any production coming out of the tight end position this year. Yeah, Drummond's getting in there and playing some H-back and things like that, but it's not a pure tight end position where you saw production coming from that spot last year with Kenny Yaboa. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just logic tells you that limits your, your, your options on offense because, you know, you're not looking for that tight end stretch of field. Uh, create mismatches on the inside. That has like that. hurt them not having that tight end. It's hurt them. Yeah, and you know we do we don't see that against Austin P or Tulane. You did against um, Alabama, because you know, Kenny Yaboa was yeah. the difference in the game last year, and this year not having that down the middle stretching tight end really hurt Ole Miss because the offense did look much more, not vanilla, but stagnant as far as attacking a defense that was better than Alabama's defense last year. This was a defense in Alabama that looked more like the defenses of Nick Saban old. So to not have that tight end that could stretch it, it shrunk the field a little bit for Ole Miss. And you could tell. Yeah, definitely. So it kind of clogs everything up. And, uh, you know, I thought that uh, Braylon Sanders made an interesting comment early this week that, uh, you know, what they were going to do, what the, what the, what the, what the idea is this weekend is to take what Arkansas gives them for the receivers to find the holes and set in them. And, you know, Braylon kind of alluded to maybe they were a little guilty last year of just running through their stops and and trying to make the big play when the stops might've been open instead busting through the stops and just streaking down the field. And that wasn't there. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know exactly what that's going to mean Saturday, what that translates to. Could it mean a possible uh, maybe kind of short, medium-range attack from the Ole Miss offense? Yeah, but what does that look like eight that, without a tight end? Uh, yeah, see, that's that's my point. That's why I'm bringing it up. You know, because a tight end, if you're doing a short, medium-range passing attack, you need that tight end to be a productive target. Yeah, because no and, disrespect uh, to Chase Rogers here, but he's not scaring anybody. No, 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 not as not as a, as a catching threat. You're exactly right, but that's what I was getting to is that you know if you're if you're going to kind of stay away from the the long range game, then you're intentionally you know kind of tightening up the field as you just alluded to, and uh, you need that tight end to be a be a, a target on Saturday. You really do, and I just don't know if they've got a tight end that can be that kind of target. And again, not a knock on Chase. Love that dude. He's a gritty dude, hardworking dude. And um, you know, we'll just see. We'll see what happens. Brings his lunch pail. Right. Um, wears his hard yeah. hat. Right. Yeah. Let's go ahead and sure. drop them all. For sure. He he's just not a mismatch for a linebacker. I was being sarcastic. I just love that. I love those players. No, that, he uh, is. He is a hardworking dude, man. I know, but we always say that about certain types of players. To put it that way. Where's Casey Kelly though? How's he doing as far as his health? We'll get right back to David Johnson in this edition of Talk of Champions with Bradley Sal coming up for his weekly football fix after I tell you briefly about Cheney's Pharmacy and Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. It's the most wonderful time of the year. No, it's not Christmas time. It's football season, specifically Ole Miss football season. You want to be there, right? In the Grove, in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, cheering on the Rebels every single Saturday. The only way to do that is to make sure you're healthy, to take care of yourself, to have a pharmacy that you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, 
a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the rebels themselves. Chinese Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at cheneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. What's your schedule looking like this fall? Don't answer that. I already know. Ole Miss football Saturdays, right? It's all back, and you're going to be there. But when you're making those trips, why not go in style? In the dream car, truck, or Jeep you've always wanted. Well, the only place to go for your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Alan Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. They're going to get you into your dream car at a price point you can afford, and the process is going to be as seamless as possible. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now. I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in. Well, Alan Samuels has been with me the longest. I myself have bought a car from Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, and there's no better car buying experience. Make sure to ask for Byron or Mason and tell them that Talk of Champions sent you so that you can take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. It's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. You know, coming along, you know, and everybody was excited back at fall camp about Kelly. And, uh, you know, but but I could tell you, I mean, he was out there in fall, at fall camp, but he was in, you know, jersey and shorts and just very limited on what he was doing. But an ACL injury that happened in January, and I believe that's when Casey's happened was early January, you're looking at at least a year, you know, before you start, before the knee starts firing back the way it is. Um, and I'll tell really myself help. an ACL expert, but I've gone through two of them, but not me personally, but my son has. And, you know, you're looking at a, you're looking at that 12 months, you know, and then really probably another three or four months after that, before it starts firing the way you want it to. Um, and, uh, everybody's different in terms of their recovery time, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think, you know, maybe Casey will become a factor later in the in the season. But uh, I think I kind of always knew it would be later in the season. Yeah, but what what will that even look like, right? Well, I know what it looked like now. Back bowling looked pretty darn good. Did. I, um, I was actually looking at those numbers, and Kenny Yeboah had opted out, and Casey Kelly took over six catches, 49 yards, and 8.2 yards per carry or yards per catch average. And he had a long of twenty, so the the production is there, the potential is there. Now he's not the same talent as Kenny Yaboa, but he's more in line with what they're looking for as far as athleticism at tight end compared to a Chase Rogers, whoever else, they, whoever else they might run out there. Hudson Wolf has that kind of potential as well, but Hudson's in a boot, so and he's a true freshman, and it's hard to rely on true freshmen. But Evan Ingram is the outlier in that, right? You you just don't get very many of those. So Casey Kelly's the you best bet. Don't. Yeah. 
<clears throat> his name escapes me, but Ole Miss just offered one of those earlier this week. Matter of fact, he's going to be uh, he's going to be in the stadium. He's a 23 kid. He'll be uh, he'll be here on an unofficial visit on Saturday. Feels like tight end is not only for 2023 with that kid, but it's an emphasis for 2022. Just getting somebody else in the room. Yeah, I think it's another uh, position to keep an eye on in the portal. Yeah, uh, over the off season, I, I do think they need to add another tight end. Um, they're going to obviously need to add a quarterback, and I think that'll come from the portal as well. Not saying they won't sign the right high school kid but they're not going to be counting on that high school kid next season. So uh, it's going to be an interesting portal season, I think, for the Rebels. Total snaps against Alabama, 69, which is nice. Casey Kelly got one. One snap. One. Chase Rogers got 47. I don't know. Tight end is certainly a position where they need to improve. I don't know how you improve it, though, with the current talent on campus. just don't see it. Well... I don't know. Lane and, and Levy are, are very creative and, and, you know, they're not uh, beyond cooking something up that uh, might help out at that position this, this, this Saturday, um, which is really all that matters right now. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, they, the, the, the kids mentioned they want to go one and O this week. So we're at the one and O this week uh, stage of the season. <laughs> and um, you know, it always shifts to that. You know, it always. Yeah. That's, uh, After your first loss, it becomes, it's a one week season. But it Correct. makes sense Correct. for this point in which they're going into such a tough stretch, which otherwise wasn't considered necessarily the tougher stretch um, of the year until they went and face planted in Alabama. Yeah. You know what I like about Arkansas? What? <clears throat> Excuse me. They've gone back to their traditional uniforms. You know, Oh, we're doing this? Is it uniform half. month or uniform day for you know, us? Well, I'm just saying, look, I've been watching some film on Arkansas this week. And um, okay, I, I, it's just refreshing to look out there, and the Razorbacks look like they did in 1985. God, um, look at you just you know, going I, I back to the old days. They went to black uniforms. They went to. I'm a traditionalist when it comes to uniforms. I mean, I, I kind of believe what Nick Saban said. You know, he. I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, "Look, we're not worried about the uniform. We're worried about the kid in the uniform." That's right. And uh, that's it, right you know, there. That's football. I thought that I, I, you hear me? I, so, uh, anyway, I, I, I like that. I like that. I, I, why you keep asking me that? I, I. <laughs> that's Nick's go-to word is I. I. Yeah. I, so I'm yeah. guessing then as a traditionalist, you don't love that the powder blue helmet has become pretty much the number one helmet for Ole Miss. See powder blue helmets for me is kind of traditional because Billy Brewer was true. And I was a kid then. And, you know, that like harkens them. back to those days. Yeah, I do too. I love the powder blues. I'd be for powder blues being the primary helmet, which they have kind of become. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm big on that because that to me is kind of traditional, you know, in the seventies, you know, when the Colonel Reb was still on the side of the helmet, uh, they wore some powder blues. Billy got here, Put the Ole Miss script on the helmet. Powder blues. I love the powder blues. It's because it's love different. The red jerseys. It's different. Yeah, love the. I love the navy jerseys with the powder blue and gray pants. I'm not a big white pants guy. Um, what is the big hatred of white pants? Them. I've never understood that. Seriously, this is an honest question because I've seen this a lot. I've seen it on Twitter, the message board. 
Oh God, the white pants. What's the hatred with the white pants? It's pants. I think it gets back to tradition. Okay. And the gray pants. Uh-huh. I really do. So it's I more mean, about the gray pants than it is just white pants being like taboo or some shit. Well, I just think, you know, you got to recognize the fact Ole Miss has one of the best looking traditional uniforms in all of college football. In my opinion, the best. I love the color scheme. Um, whether it's the Navy top, Navy helmet or the, or the, um, powder blue helmets. And, um, that's, that's my, that's my whole deal with it. Well, I mean, my I deal is this. I seeing something different every now and then, but Lord have mercy. Like, you know, Hugh Freeze with the Navy pants and rebels down the side of it. Look cheap. To terrible. Me. Yeah. It's it terrible. Cheap in the product. Terrible. So, um, and I hated the gray jerseys. I hated them. Oh my God. Because those whoever designed grays. those things didn't realize the the stripes on the shoulders with the red and blue next together on television look like purple. Yeah. 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 It was ugly. It was bad. Well, my whole deal is this. I love the NFL. I just implanted on my couch every single Sunday. You know, I'm a big Cowboys fan. The Cowboys have the best uniforms in football, but the Chargers have uniquely awesome uniforms. And when I think about Ole Miss's uniforms, I always think, well, they could be like the Chargers. And in many ways, the comparisons between the programs are very similar as far as fan base and everything else. And it would be really cool the closer they get to the Chargers, so the powder blues. And I love their white helmets with the lightning bolt yellow. Now, Ole Miss is never going to wear yellow, but getting to that point, because they got really cool helmets and really cool jerseys and stuff. And it's a different scheme. It just looks different. So it's a different um, kind of pattern that you just don't see traditionally in the NFL. And Ole Miss could be different that way because it does have the powder blue to mix in there. So that's what I'm getting at here. I do like powder blue stuff. And it's not like this is new for Ole Miss. They're just bringing it back because for the longest time they avoided powder blue, which was weird. Why did they avoid powder blue? Well, it never was an official school color. Oh, okay. Are you talking about on the helmet? Just Yeah, just they got away from it in general. They just moved away from powder blues for so long, and then it became – they brought it back for Chucky Mullins, and they wore the just the number on the helmet. It, it was honoring Chucky Mullins, but now it's been incorporated in. And it was funny because everyone went, where, where, where did these things come from? Well, they just took those white helmets that they were doing and made them into powder blues. They didn't buy well, a new I'll round of helmets. You of something. They were going to wear 38 on their helmet for that game. Ross comes in the press conference with the helmet, and they talk about it. And uh, – then the NCAA wouldn't let them. Why? They couldn't wear the, the, the so they did not wear the thirty eight helmet. If I'm re, if I'm recalling that right, I don't know. It was some kind of some bull, bull crap, crap something. But yeah. uh, they were going to. The intentions were to do that. And I don't think, and I could be wrong here, but I, I, if I'm recalling right, they ended up not wearing. They wore the powder blue helmets, but they couldn't wear the thirty eight. The NCAA just gets in the way for no reason about everything. It's so stupid. It's so dumb. We've gotten completely off track here. So looking forward to Arkansas and not having Caleb Warren, do you think that Jordan Rhodes is the guy or is it going to be Cedric Milton? Or what is the answer here? And how does that directly impact the communication issue? And Nick Broker spoke about the communication issue. How do you improve that in a week, can you even do do that in a week, or do you have to have success well, on a Saturday? And as I mentioned, it, it's certainly more complicated now because you've got a guy 
who who has not been starting that's going to be at that left guard spot. Don't think for a second Arkansas won't try to exploit that because they will. It's something you're going to have to overcome. But yeah, it's a lot more difficult, Ben. I can tell you. I mean, I mean that center is going to have his hands full. Uh, you know, they'll rely some somewhat on Broker as well to kind of keep the left guard in line. He's an experienced veteran. He he knows where where to go and what to do. But um, you know, it's not like Arkansas's defensive front is going to be static. Mm-hmm. They're going to be jumping around, moving around, shifting linebackers. It's it's a whole lot of stuff going on up there that that really and truly the average fan does not see because he doesn't pay attention to. Ball snap, quarterback rolls out. That's where the eyes are. It's always about um, the ball. Yeah, following the ball. Yeah, always. So, uh, you know, yeah, I think this is a huge deal. I mean, I I, I think you would have rather had a, another skill guy go down than Caleb Warren if you had to have somebody go down. Yeah, if you have to pick. Because, then... Yeah, I mean, this is a guy we don't, like you said, we don't ever talk about. You know why we don't talk about him? Because he's doing his job every Saturday. Maybe not last Saturday. Nobody up front really played well. No. But, uh, you know, Caleb has been a steal for Ole Miss. I mean, yeah, he wasn't a highly about, recruited kid, right? No. Three-star out of out of Nanawaya High School down, down around Louisville. And, um, you know, the funny thing I remember about Caleb's recruitment was uh, he came up and camped at Ole Miss and uh, – I called him the next day to see how it went. Yeah, I think I'm on commit um, in two weeks. <laughs> I was like, so that's it, huh? Yeah, I think I'm on commit in two weeks. I said, well, can you let me know? Yeah, I'll let you know. <laughs> and he did. Hey, <laughs> I'm on commit tomorrow. You know, 13 days later, Caleb calls me. Uh, I'm going to commit tomorrow. Tomorrow will be two weeks. <laughs> like, I love that. All right, man. Well, let's do this that. thing. And, uh, you know, Caleb is a man of few words, and uh, yes, he is. You know, he is. He is. He is definitely from Nanawaya. <laughs> 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 Love the kid to death, but uh, yeah, I mean, he, he he knew what he wanted. Let's just say that about his recruitment. He wanted to be Miss Rebel, and uh, yeah, as I'm soon a, as he got that offer, I'm gonna commit in two yeah. weeks. I'll call I'm you. I'm commit in two weeks. I'll let you I'll know something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he he did everything exactly like he said. And uh, he wasn't listening to anybody else once That's he got that great. Ole Miss offer. So it's a Mississippi kid that, man, he's living his dream. He's excited to be here. And I, and I feel for him. I, I mean, I know his folks are great people. Um, uh, I spoke with his dad last night. And, uh, you know, uh, it's always difficult for a family when, you know, you got to think of it like this. Caleb's been playing football since he was knee high to a grasshopper. And now all of a sudden you can't play football. Mm. Yeah, it hurts. It absolutely hurts. Hell and, yeah, it uh, hurts. You know, so best wishes for him. And, uh, you know, he's certainly in our prayers for a speedy recovery. Everything looks great. You know, he's going to be back on the field before long. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. If you haven't already, subscribe, review Talk of Champions on iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say. As long as it's five stars, this podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. And we both write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. Let's play some buy or sell. Back in there at once and sell, sell.
Or Sell is brought to you by Thomas Chandler of Modern Woman. If you ever wonder what you're going to do for retirement, or if you're actually ever going to be able to retire. If so, give my friend Thomas Chandler at Modern Woodman a call. Thomas specializes in retirement and investment planning and loves helping people plan for their dream. And Modern Woodman offers anything you could possibly need, from mutual funds to employee benefits to college savings plans and even a 1% guaranteed annuity. Give Thomas a call today at 662-296-0186. The 662-296-0186. And start taking control of your future today with Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman. Ole Miss in Arkansas, Saturday at 11 a.m. Central Time. A big game for both teams, both coming off of ugly losses to the big daddies of the SEC in Alabama and Georgia. Georgia shut out Arkansas 37 to nothing in Ole Miss and Alabama. It was 35 to nothing. The score finished respectively at 42 to 21, but it wasn't close. Let's start at one place and one place only. Last year, Matt Corral had his by far worst game of his career. Six interceptions against a drop eight against Arkansas. So far, 10 touchdown passes, zero interceptions, over under one and a half interceptions, buy or sell one and a half interceptions for Matt Crowell against Arkansas. Uh, buy or sell? I'm selling. I mean, I'm taking the under. Matt's playing clean. Uh, he's not going to throw an interception Saturday. How critical is it for Matt? to play mistake-free football just for Ole Miss to win games because he fumbled and that was a big part of losing on Saturday. But that wasn't that wasn't really the, the key to why Ole Miss lost. Ole Miss lost because the game script went absolutely backwards. So for this game, assuming that they try to do some of the same things, but they're going to mix it up a little bit, is it just about kind of what he's learned against drop eight? He showed it against Louisville and Brian Brown, the former Ole Miss defensive back, defensive coordinator for Louisville. He tried to do the same kind of thing. And he held the ball and, and took it down. He ran, showed his athleticism, didn't throw his first touchdowns to the fourth quarter. What is the key there as far as attacking an Arkansas team that had his number last year? Yeah, this is going to sound crazy. But this game is not about Matt Corral. Matt Corral is an mm-hmm. elite quarterback, and he will perform as an elite quarterback on Saturday. This game is, a, is about those around Matt Corral on both sides of the ball. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't expect any kind of hiccup with Matt Corral. Last year was last year. That game's garbage. It's trash. Actually, it was probably the best thing that could have happened to Matt Corral. He's alluded to it. Lane has alluded to it. Because Lane that, stood behind you him. Know, he stood behind him, built his confidence, said, hey, man, this is your team. And, and that quarterback play is – a lot about being confident, okay? And after that game, Matt Corral knew he didn't have to look over his shoulder. That's right. At anybody coming to take his job. And, uh, you know, so I think really and truly, you know, Lane and Matt would probably say, you know, they would have wanted a different result, but they appreciate that game. I think they do. Matt has said so. So um, it's not about Matt Corral Saturday. Matt Corral didn't – he's not even going to think about what happened last year against Arkansas – uh, look, it was hard to see through the, the frenzy of Alabama points and domination, but Matt Corral played extremely he well did. Saturday against Alabama. He did. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, there's no letdown coming with, with Matt Corral because it's Arkansas. That was last year. And if you can't see it, he's a different quarterback. That, that, that is one kid that truly worked his ass off during the offseason on, on shoring up his shortcomings. He's controlled. He is controlled. He is. That's a good way of putting it. So, Ben, I don't think this game's about Matt Corral. 
It's about can the receivers get open? Can the offensive line open holes for the running game? And can the defense, uh, you know, perform? That's that's what it's about. Buy or sell. Ole Miss bouncing back better than Arkansas from an ugly loss on Saturday. Both of them followed a very similar Saturday script in that Arkansas got just whooped up on by Georgia. Ole Miss against Alabama. It's kind of a humbling bounce back game for both teams. Which one will respond? Buy or sell? Ole Miss is the one that responds. Well, I'm going to throw a third variable in here. I'm going to hold on that because uh, I can tell you, I mean, look, it's obvious both teams are equally ticked off about how they performed last Saturday. Definitely. I mean, you know, so they're both looking for the bounce back. That's been the theme at both practices this week. I guarantee you. So um, who bounces back better? I, I don't really think that's uh, that's a, an ingredient you put in the soup as to how this one comes out. Uh, I, I really, truly don't. This is about matchups. This is about playing hard. This is about who gets the breaks and who makes their own breaks. Uh, so I'm going to hold on, on, on which team is going to uh, to come in, you know, with the biggest chip on their shoulder. KJ Jefferson is a dual threat quarterback. Can really run it. Can punish offenses, or excuse me, can punish defenses with his ability to run. There's a four headed monster for Arkansas at running back. Olmus has improved defensively, but still ranked 12th in the SEC in rushing defense, allowing 154.5 yards per game on the ground. Alabama had 210 rushing yards last weekend in what was their first real true test, but against Louisville, 155, 114 to Austin P, 139 to Tulane. So buy or sell, Ole Miss holding Arkansas in that devastating rushing attack to under its season average of 154.5. Selling, selling. Arkansas is going to be able to run the football. Um, you know, I, I think. Um, I think what you're going to going to see is you're going to see Ole Miss trying to take away because you talk about KJ Jefferson, KJ has a strong arm, he can let it fly, so I think they're going to try not particularly to make accurate KJ, though. Exactly, and that's why I think you know what I'm about to say here is I think they're going to try to force him to beat them in the short and intermediate range passing game because that's where he struggles. Strong arm, and he's look. Let's be honest here, with with Burks out there at wide receiver, Trayvon Burks, yeah, I think he's the best wide receiver in the SEC, and he's he's certainly a great 50-50 ball guy, and that helps K.J. complete these long passes downfield. That's not going to be an easy proposition, but if Ole Miss can make him try to attack them in the short and intermediate range passing game, he struggles there. He struggles mightily there. Uh, You mentioned his ability as a runner. He is. He's like an extra running back in that Arkansas backfield. He's Cam and, Newton um, light, is what I call him. Yeah, yeah, he kind of is. That's kind of right. Uh, Newton, a little, a lot better passer, to be yes. honest with you. But um, you know, here's the other thing about KJ Jefferson, Ben. Oh, I didn't mean to yell. Is um, <laughs> the fact that KJ Jefferson's from Sardis, Mississippi. All right. So you know, we talk about chips on the shoulder. KJ's going to have one for this game. Because I'm going to tell you, the kid probably camped at Ole Miss 27 times throughout high school wanting an offer. But how long does that that last? How long do you carry that? The players really do that? Oh, 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 being snubbed by your your quote-unquote hometown school forever. Okay. Forever. I I don't know. I mean, 
I mean, he was an Ole Miss fan. You know, you know, Carl Diffie was his high school coach. Carl, an Ole Miss fan. Carl brought him up here all the time. To oh, camp. Carl wanted him and, here. Yeah, for sure. And then, um, you know. Ole Miss made the right choice. They got Matt Corral, for Christ's sake. Yeah, but. yeah, there, yeah. there's no criticism here. This is just a story. It's football, yeah. But, you know, what Longo happens. did not want to offer KJ. And there were a lot. KJ had some offers stacked. He had Georgia. He had Arkansas. And while he was waiting on Ole Miss, Arkansas comes in, and he commits to Arkansas. Well, it ultimately came down to Matt Luke telling Phil Longo, you, we are going to offer this kid. We're not going to let this guy from – 20 minutes from here, get away from us and start beating the hell out of us at another program. He wasn't going to wait a couple of years behind Matt Corral, though. No, 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 no. But you got to understand. I mean, Matt Corral wasn't in the picture at the time. Yeah, well, Ole Miss made the right choice. From Florida very late, and then Ole Miss made a run at it. Well, Ole Miss made the right decision there. Oh, 100% the right decision. Credit Phil Longo. But uh, Matt Luke told Phil Longo, you are going to offer this kid. And then, you know, as the story goes, Longo looked at Luke and said, what, what the hell am I going to do with him? Play my linebacker. Oh, wow. And, um, that was it. But by the time the offer rolled out, it's too he, late. He was firmly committed to Arkansas. It was too late. But my point being, uh, yeah, yeah. Ole Miss made the right decision. Obviously Matt Corral is the best quarterback in the country, in my opinion, but you know, he's going to be, he's going to be going with a little extra this week. There's no doubt about that. He's going to be a little harder to take down this week. He's going to, uh, you know, he's, that, that's going to be a factor Saturday, Ben. It, it, it truly is. And it's one of those unseen intangible factors, and it may not work. You know, sometimes everybody's got a plan. To I think it gets a little it. overblown is what I'm getting at. No, I don't think it does. I really don't. Okay. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I think that is something that, uh, that kind of stays with you. Right. A little bit because well, you got to think about it. I mean, Ben, what if you were the you know great uh, college football player? You're a Cowboys fan, and the Cowboys passed you up every single round. They did it to Jalen Ramsey, yeah. and Jalen Ramsey has held it against them ever since. So there you go. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you know. So um, anyway, it is what it is. But uh, I think that'll be a factor. Moving on. All right. Ole Miss is fifth in the nation in scoring, forty-four point eight points per game. Third in total offense, 551.5 yards per game. They throw for over 300 yards per game, top 10 nationally in rushing at 243.5, and run the ball over 57% of the time with Corral and the running backs, Henry Parrish, Jerry Ely, and Snoop Connor. So, buy or sell the running game, getting back to being the focal point and what they kind of play off of. They got away from it against Alabama, couldn't really do it very successfully against Alabama. The running game bouncing back and being the catalyst for Ole Miss, looking more like the offense that we saw in the first three weeks. Yeah, I'm going to buy that. Uh, and I'm going to buy it because I, I do think Arkansas is going to going to, going to play mostly a drop-eight defense against uh, against the Rebels, and that should... Ole Miss will welcome numbers that. Inside. If they do that... Yeah, that should give yeah. you numbers inside the box. and uh, So I'm buying that. Ole Miss is worse than Arkansas, who's been penalized a lot, in penalties. They're number 129 out of 130, with an average of 10.5 flags and 93-point yards per game in penalty yardage. Buy or sell their best game as far as penalties are concerned against Arkansas. Do they finally clean it up? No, I'm going to sell that. Me too. Uh, mainly because I think the communication issues uh, 
on the offensive line is going to create some uh, some negative uh, plays, um, especially with a new guy in there at left left guard, and especially with how Arkansas will try to confuse them uh, pre-snap. Um, and then it's just the way this team plays. Okay, I mean the fastness, the the quickness, the tempo. Um, people are going to make mental mistakes when you're when you're playing that fast. So uh, I'm selling that. I think uh, I think this will be what we've seen Ole Miss uh, be capable of in terms of penalties through the first four games this year. You're looking at two of the most disciplined teams in the league in Arkansas and Ole Miss. Arkansas only has two turnovers this season. They have zero in their last three games. Ole Miss has lost three fumbles but remains interception-free on the year. Buy or sell Arkansas or Ole Miss making the game-turning turnover on Saturday? Ooh, man, man. You, you know we're just uh, we're, we're just shade tree talking here. I have no way of knowing that. Of course not. <laughs> yeah. That's why we do buy or sell. Yeah. It's more fun this way. It's yeah. predictive. Uh, uh, I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy Ole Miss because of how well Macarell takes care of the football. Uh, I, I don't have a lot of confidence in KJ Jefferson and uh, you know um, and, and his his arm. I mean, to be honest with you, I think if uh, if Ole Miss can take away the the deep ball and they make Jefferson operate uh, on a tight field, that he's going to be uh, interception prone. So. Uh, you know, I'll go ahead and roll out a prediction. Two Ole Miss interceptions Saturday. Oh, Ole Miss going into Alabama had converted 12 of 14 fourth downs. This is the last one. Two for five against Alabama. Converted their first two. Went 0 for five the rest of the way. Buy or sell Ole Miss getting back to being that proficient fourth down conversion team against Arkansas. Looking more like themselves as they were in the first three games. I'm selling Simply because really? it's an SEC defense. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the sledding gets tougher, obviously, right? Sure. When you're playing Alabama, Arkansas, you know, all these other SEC teams. Yeah. I mean, your your fourth down numbers ought to look good against Austin P and Tulane. Um, you know? I mean, it's, 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 it's tough to get a yard when you need it against an SEC defense. That's fair. Arkansas has come up with four stops on nine fourth down attempts by its opponents. All of these stats that I've been reading off here for the last 10, 15 minutes come from hogsports.net, our sister site at 247 Sports. So thank you for that. That's helped in this podcast edition of Talk of Champions on this Thursday. So that's buy or sell. Where are you leaning as far as the final score? I know you don't give out your final score prediction until the fearless forecast, but where are you leaning right now? little preview. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be a really good game. I think um... – it will be decided late, um, but honestly, where I'm leaning, uh, I'm leaning more towards uh, probably a team winning by by ten to fourteen points. I don't think it's going to be a three point game. Um, you know, I, I've got to sit down and figure this one out as far as my prediction goes. Lord have mercy, it didn't help me in one bit with the Alabama pick. Uh, Can I go ahead and tell people all- what you told me leading up to that game before you made your pick? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead you were not feeling very confident and you were wanting to pick Ole Miss to lose to Alabama and you had a lot of concerns, but you went the other way. Let's just put it that way. I, I did. I, I mean, look, could Ole Miss have, have beaten Alabama? Yes. And, 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 you know, anytime I think Ole Miss has a chance that I feel like they, they've got a chance to win the game, you know, my heart's going to push me over towards picking the Rebels, but it's been just confessed for me. <laughs> 
when and we talked, I think Saturday morning before kickoff and, uh, man, I wasn't feeling it. I just wasn't feeling it. We're not. No. Um, and, uh, mm-hmm. and I don't know you were either, to be honest with you. That's why I bailed myself out and said Jalen Walton made this prediction, and I'm going to go with Jalen Walton's prediction because I didn't want to put my name on anything. I just I had no feel. I had no feel for that game. I don't really have a feel for this game either because now I have questions about Ole Miss and then Caleb Warren going down. There are a lot of things that concern me, but I definitely had zero feel for the Alabama game. Yeah, and it's only Thursday. Practice Ugh. has been brutal lately. So, I mean. What's going you know, on with practice, for Christ's sake, man? What is going on? Well, uh, you know, it's just football. It happens, and uh, unfortunately, um, you know, I, 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 I'm a dad. I still hold my breath during practice hours every day that I don't get a phone call, Ugh. you know. Ugh. Yeah, I've done this or I've done that. And uh, yeah, it's just football. That's all it is. It's, uh, you know, if you play, you assume the risk. Right. Yeah, that's true. So, um, that's true. Let's do some yeah, quick but, hitter but buy I mean, or sell stuff real quick before we jump to Bradley South because I had a couple other things yeah. in front of me. I had them pulled up. CBS Sports updated all 130 teams entering week six. Ole Miss came in at 14. Now there's 17 in each of the coaches in AP poll. Buy or sell, Ole Miss is the 14th best team in college football right now. I'd buy that. I would. I think I think that that's uh, – I think – Honestly, and, and look, I'm looking through red, blue, tinted glasses. This is the program we cover. But um, I think Ole Miss really and truly the Alabama game, it's Alabama. I mean, outside of that, yeah, I think I think Ole Miss is a borderline top 10 team. Even after Alabama? Especially after Alabama. Oh. I mean, I think Alabama's going to do that to pretty much everybody. Um, what know, am I missing I with that. Alabama? I wasn't particularly impressed. What am I missing? Is it just me being, that, I don't know, too in the bubble at well, Ole Miss right now? Well, our first inclination is to be critical of Ole Miss and to go, oh, they they they, they crapped the bed over there in Tuscaloosa. But But we know, I think we know, Ole Miss, I just said, is a borderline top 10 team. You know, so don't discount Ole Miss as an Alabama opponent and getting treated that way in Tuscaloosa because Alabama's that freaking good. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, it'd be real easy this week for the whole narrative to be, oh, it was Alabama. They're going to do that to everybody. They are until they play Georgia in the SEC championship game. Uh, you know, that's a, Yeah, but we know what's going to happen in the SEC championship game. Nick Saban doesn't lose to his assistants. He's 24-0. No, Alabama's going to win. No, I don't know. Georgia I don't looks know. really good. i got to give Georgia some credit. That defense is really good. And if it JT Daniels comes really back healthy, good. JT Daniels is not Matt Corral, but he's certainly a capable quarterback going to play at the next level. That will be a fun game. And I'm typically like, oh, God, if it's – Alabama and Georgia all over again, but this time it'd be well, intriguing. The, the good thing about it is it will be a fun game. You're going to get to see it twice. <laughs> you're going you're to see an SEC title game. You're going to see. Oh, we're doing this again, game. like we saw Alabama and LSU. Oh man, this is happening. This is uh, this is happening. I mean, your your title game is going to be Georgia and Alabama playoffs. You know, you'll have Notre Dame will sneak in, watch and see. And then, uh, you know, some poor other unlucky team who will have their uh, bowl game ruined. But it's going to be Alabama and Georgia again. 
Mm. It is. I mean, I mean, the SEC title game is going to be the preview of the national title game. And I think deservedly so. These are the best two teams in America. I mean, you know, you may have Notre Dame and Oklahoma as fodder. Oh, team. God. If I hear Notre Dame in the playoff, I'm going to vomit. Well, dude, they've only had one loss. Uh, <laughs> uh, there I am hey, screaming. I'm screaming again. Sorry. Me too. I think that would be hilarious. I'd love to see, you know, the Bearcats in the playoffs. Uh, they'd be that more competitive than freaking Notre Dame. Oh, yeah, but Notre Dame has gold helmets and Catholicism on oh, the side. it's Notre apparently. Dame. It's Notre Dame. Get over that Notre crap. Dame. Notre I, Dame. I went up there one time. I, I went to the Notre Dame Stadium. Was it the most beautiful um, sight your eyes had ever seen? No, no, no. I, I Look, I've got a quick story before we end this. Um, so it's, it's in December. Oh, and boy. I am on my way up to Grand Valley State to cover – the NCAA Division II semifinals between Ooh. Delta State and Grand Valley State. Oh, Sunday fight Noker, baby! ESPN. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so we spend the night in South Bend. College Football Hall of Fame is there, so had to go check it. Yeah, of it course you did, you had history nerd. Yeah. Yeah, so so then uh, we go to the Notre Dame campus, and I'm like, oh, man, i got to get inside this stadium. And there's snow on the ground. Uh-oh. So, I mean, I – we stopped the cars like five of us in there that are pulled together up there and i trudge up to this this door on the side of the stadium and i'm like i'm i'm getting in this thing ben uh, i pull on the handle and try to get in and it sounded like a bombing raid with the sirens going off lights flashing i mean i'm like oh my god they're coming to get us and uh so uh, up drives the notre dame campus police and uh have to explain to them, hey, I'm just some redneck from Mississippi, man. I just wanted to look at the inside of the stadium. No, no, sir. To... No, sir. Park's closed. Exactly. Moose in the front should have told exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Wally World was closed. <laughs> uh, but it was cool, man. I drove around the outside of the stadium. They got statues up everywhere and all that stuff. And they were playing Michigan State in hockey that day. And uh, Oh, that's awesome. That was huge, man. I'm like, Where, what are all these people doing? And their bookstore on campus is connected to their hockey arena. So I had to go in there and buy the shirt. They do a T-shirt every year for Notre Dame football, kind of a tradition. It's called the shirt. And uh, so I bought Eli, who was about, I don't know, 10 years old at the time. I bought him a shirt and watched a little Notre Dame uh, Michigan State hockey. And it went on up to Grand Valley State. And then I pulled in the parking lot of Grand Valley for the game. And there's a security guard there. And rolled my window down, and I said, hey, uh, do you know where uh, Media Parks? He's like, man, you sound like you're from the South. I said, yeah. He said, I'm from Shelby, Mississippi. I was like, oh, man, that's just so crazy. It was a very cold day up there, cold night. But uh, anyway, yeah, I almost almost got arrested at Notre Dame. Ole Miss in Arkansas (laughs) kick off Saturday at 11 a.m. Central Time on CBS. Is it CBS or is it ESPN? I can't remember. Which one is it's it? It's ESPN, 11 a.m., yeah. Okay, all right, cool, whatever. Ole Miss at Arkansas, 11 a.m. on ESPN on Saturday. Who bounces back? We'll see. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Geared at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels247, and we both write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and for the 247 Sports. Going now to the Modern Women phone line to speak to Bradley Sal for his weekly football fix. Thanks, buddy. Hotty toddy. 
That was David Johnson at Rebels247 on Twitter. We both write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. About to go now to the Modern Women phone line to speak to Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet for his football fix. But first, let's hear from BNA Bank and a few other sponsors of Talk of Champions. BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC. Code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. BXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen light it up at Vaught Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Let's break him, put him off! Run right through the back of him. Run right through the middle and out the back. It's time now for... Football Fix. What's known in football terms as a slam dunk. Bradley Sal's Football Fix brought to you by MyBookie. Is there anything better than sweating out a win in the fourth quarter and coming away with cash in your pocket? And MyBookie, there is. Make your first deposit and receive double your money before ever placing a bet with MyBookie. That's a dollar for dollar match on whatever you throw down up to a thousand bucks. Use that extra scratch to get in on all the biggest games of the week, including the Sunday night matchup between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. With two of the most explosive offenses in the NFL going toe-to-toe, you know the over is going to be a great bet. And as if you needed another reason to head to mybookie.ag today, to celebrate the start of the MLB playoffs, MyBookie is hosting a $20,000 blackjack tournament that is absolutely free to enter. 
Winning season is here. So get in the game and get to mybookie.ag now. Use our promo code TOC for Talk of Champions, TOC, to get your double deposit bonus. That's promo code TOC for Talk of Champions, TOC, so you can double your funds to double your winnings. But anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. He's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet for his weekly football fix. Hey, buddy, what's up? What's up, Ben? How you feeling after that blowout loss to Alabama now that you've had about a week to kind of let it marinate? Um, you know what, man? It's, it's just like any other. I mean, I guess I have a football player mindset. It's one of those things where after after a day, the rule of thumb was always, um, you know, get rid of it. Don't think of it. Um, it is what it is. I think we, we kind of know what um, what the problems were down there. And, you know, it's up to the team to bounce back this week when you're at home in a big SEC game to to, to win this game. Because all you can do, I mean, there's no reason to look back on it because all that can do is affect you and, and, and hurt you. But I, I think that, um, you know, just looking back on it, man, I, I don't think we are as – as bad as team as we showed down there. Um, I, I think on, on other circumstances, we probably could have hung with that team. Um, just, just kind of a combination of not getting it done down there. So, um, you know, but a bunch of different things. So I think, I think they bounced back. I think this will, this will be a good test this week. Um, and, 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 you know, we win this game. I feel a lot better if we go out there and, and let the Alabama game beat us in this week. Um, you know, I, I will be, be on, be on alert and be much more concerned going into, going into the following week. What matchups are you paying attention to between Ole Miss and Arkansas? I think it's one hundred percent going to be they're going to they're one hundred percent going to run the same game plan they ran last year versus us just to see if we fixed it, um, which I think you know I think we've gotten better since that that game. But I think the biggest matchup is going to be we're going to have to do exactly what Georgia did to them. It's like hey, if you're going to run that three down, um, we're going to have to be patient. We're going to have to run the ball. So so my my key matchup has got to be our O line versus their D line. Our line has, has, you know, I mean, coming off of what they did last week wasn't their best performance. Um, you know, a lot of hit or miss in there. They should come out with a chip on their shoulder. I know we lost Caleb Warren, which which is not ideal, but you know, they they should come out and, and want to prove something this week. And um, I think it's up to Coach Kiffin to challenge them and, get, and give them give them the rock and um, you know let let them run that ball this week. How about a heavy dose of scoop, scoop Snoop Connor? Probably not going to happen, but. I, I'm lining them up and give them 22 carries this week, um, and 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 let's let's run the ball in that that three down front. We've heard a lot this week from the offensive linemen about communication issues early on in the season, especially against Alabama. Being a former Ole Miss offensive lineman, NFL offensive lineman, when you're having communication issues in season, how do you solve them? Well, I think I think where some of the issues come from, and and I kind of know this is, um, I think you know with the new center in there. Um, you know, it's it's not not a knock on that kid, but you know he's he's new to the offense. He's probably never played in the SEC. Obviously, he's never played in the SEC. Some of these bigger environments, and that that's kind of where the communication starts. So, um, you know, I, I think it's a it's a matter of the center keep getting comfortable. Um, you know, I know I know he's he's newer to the line, and then at the same time, man, I mean they <clears throat> these guys. If you if you think back when I was talking about how you know, getting a new O-line coach isn't as easy as everybody made it seem. And, you know, people gave me a little backlash for calling that out, but it is what it is, man. That's a, that this is, this is what you're going to have to deal with when, when decisions like that happen. And, um, you know, it's kind of reflecting a little bit in their play where they're, where they're a little bit spotty um, at times, especially with communication. So, um, yeah, it's just one of those things where that they've got to, they've got to take it upon themselves that they have to stay after, do whatever to, to get the communication right. Or at the same time, simplify it, man. They have to, there, there's a communication that the coach teaches you, and then there's a communication between you five guys as y'all get together and y'all know each other. 
you know, we had calls, um, you know, throughout the years, every guard I ever played with, every other line we ever played with, we had our own set of communication out there where we just knew. We, we, we knew without even saying stuff sometimes that, that this is the way we were going to do it. And that's up to those five guys to get together and create. And not only are they going to use the, the team's communication, but use your own as well. Um, you know, because you get out there in the game and you, you call stuff and then the defense knows what you're calling. Well, we had dummy calls. We had all kinds of stuff as an O-line, as an O-line that we would use to, um, to, to, you know, it, it was our own set of communication that we knew we knew what we needed to do out there. So we kind of created our own little little lingo. And it's up to them to get together and do that so, so they can communicate better. And I expect it to get better, but, um, you know, it, it hasn't been a hasn't been an easy road for this O-line um, with all they've been through. So Ole Miss is entering a season-defining stretch here. Arkansas, Tennessee, LSU, and then Auburn. For Ole Miss after Alabama, has your floor lowered at all as far as where this team's going to end up? Because you thought the floor was pretty high. Eight wins was probably the floor for you coming into the year. Has that lowered at all, or do you think Ole Miss is still in the same spot it was despite what happened at Alabama? No, we're in the exact same spot we were. I mean, dude, we just – listen, if, if people are overacting for – from this team going down to Alabama, which has, um, I think I saw a stat, 15 five-stars, 59 four-stars of their 89 um, players. Um, if they thought that us going down there and losing that game was was going to change any expectation, you're crazy, man. It's just uh, we played them well last year because everything went right for us and no, not so well for them. The only way you beat that team is, especially with where we are as a program. We're two years removed from from the bottom of the bottom. So um, to beat that team, it would have took some turnovers. It would have took a, taken us playing absolutely perfect to beat them down there. And not many people have done that. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to change our judgment. Now, if we come home this week and lay an egg, I'm going to be on a much more be much more alert with, hey, you know, maybe maybe I got a little too ahead of myself. But, no, at the end of the day, Ole Miss wins this game. We should be favoring every game for the rest of the year. Maybe, maybe less one down the stretch. But there will be – we will be favorite in every game and have a chance to win every game for the rest of the year. And I, I certainly, I wouldn't be surprised if we end up 11 and one, but I certainly think nine wins is nine, nine wins is certainly our floor as a program right now. I keep hearing that Arkansas is a bad matchup for Ole Miss. Why? Well, I think, I think a, a combination of that is what people seen last year. And first, first off, Ole Miss's matchups with Arkansas are traditionally like it's for whatever reason it's it's just a crazy game you know and, and Arkansas had our number a little bit lately but I think people look at what happened last year and how Matt Corral did not handle that well um and uh, you know for whatever reason that they say it's a bad matchup but you know what, what we did we didn't do well versus that defense last year so it appears to be a bad matchup but at the end of the day we have faced that defense you know after that matchup and, and it's and we've done better so I, I think that that there, there's a way to knock that you know, knock that um, whatever mantra out of the, out of the park this week by um, you know going out there and executing versus defense. I, I think we'll be fine, but we're going to have to be patient and run the ball. So, what in particular are you watching for in this game? A fast start, um, maybe defensively giving up a lot of rushing yards, and this is a four-headed monster that Arkansas brings to Vault Hemingway Stadium on Saturday. What just areas are you focused on right now? Well, first off, I want to see good energy, man. I, I think that um, I think it starts with the defense too this week. Um, you know, I, if if I'm if I'm Kiffin, man, I'm trying to. I, I want them to have the ball first. I want our defense out there on the field. They've been talked about all week about how Alabama just bullied them. Um, let's get the defense out there. Let's have some energy. Let's get a first three and out. Um, let's get a big stop. I think I think that's what I'm looking for early on. What kind of energy? If we come in there with the law, it could be it could be a tough day for us. But man, I'd like to see our defense come out there. 
uh, with some good energy, stuff them, stuff them early and send a message, kind of like Georgia did. I mean, Georgia got after him on defense. I mean, they hit the quarterback. They um, you know, stopped the run, which Georgia's unbelievable on D. But, you know, I'd like to come out there and, and set the tone in that sense as well and then get that ball. And, hey, we're up tempo. We're, we're, we're pushing that thing down the field. Let's get a good score and um, let's run the ball on them. So let's, let's try to play their game versus So where are you right now as far as a score prediction? I think Ole Miss gets this game. I think it's I think it's going to be a close one, though. I think, um, you know, I could see this being within that seven point range. I think it's, I think we win by a touchdown, but it's going to be one of those games where, which we'll know early on, man. I mean, if they if they slices up early and then we kind of do it, it's going to be similar to last year without the turnovers. I think we I think we win this game. Um, you know, if I if I were to make a prediction, I would say probably 38, 38 to thirty one. I could see somewhere in there with it being either way what kind of adjustments do you expect lane kiffin and jeff levy to make offensively after the performance at alabama going into arkansas um you know i i just think that they're gonna i think they're gonna harp on the run game a little bit this week um i think they're gonna um you really get on the o-line you kind of challenge them and and let them know that you know i I think last year once we kind of got the when we got it going a little bit I, i think that it was mainly in the run game so um, I, I just think they're going to challenge them in that sense of, of being physical with this team. Um, obviously, you know, they've we've heard about how decent they are on D and all this, which which they do have a decent D. Um, but I, I think they're going to challenge the O-line. I really do. I think they're going to challenge them to have a better game. I think they're going to um, I think they're really going to try to try to challenge them to put up some some heavy run numbers and get back to what, what we do best. And, you know, take take what we got. And I think they're really going to harp on Matt to, to don't uh, don't force anything. Um, take what they give you and and, um, you know, go from there. How much does it hurt to lose Caleb Warren, knowing that Olmus doesn't have an obvious replacement at left guard? Yeah, I think it's. Um, you know, he was actually playing pretty well. It's it's never never good to lose an O lineman, um, but it's SEC man. I mean, it happens. You have there's a reason. You know, you think about the NFL. Dude, we had seven linemen, and you, you lose a guy. It felt crazy, but they have 15 linemen. There's there's got to be a guy behind him that 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 can be coached up and be ready to go. Um, you know, and with this offense, you can, you know, there's, you got, you got, there, there's some things in there that, that you can help, help protect, pr- protect certain guys in there by sliding that way. And, um, you know, not putting them in crazy situations. So I, I, if it was a tackle, I'd be really nervous. I, I would, I'd just be struggling, you know, to, to, to wrap my head around it. A guard, I feel like you can, um, you can kind of cover up a little bit. And I think, I'm not sure who's going to step in there. I don't know if you've heard a word on that, but maybe the Melton kid, which he's, he's a big body and looked look decent in the spring so um I, I think we'll be okay there yeah you watched Cedric Melton actually in practice for a little bit what's the scouting report the breakdown of Cedric Melton if he ends up being the guy it could be Jordan Rhodes the transfer from South Carolina but if it's Cedric Melton what's the profile yeah he's he's kind of a he's got a more of a tackle body but he's long and and, and should, should do well in the interior bigger big body I um I thought he'd been well I thought he could move well um he's certainly our, our next best option um on the o-line I thought um, he just, just kind of young, you know, just looked a little young, but I think this would be a great time for him to get in there and get some reps. And, you know, and another thing you got to realize is, um, this week with a guard going down, they do run a three down. So he's going to be uncovered a lot, which means he'll be more or less helping the center and tackle a lot on pass pro, um, unless Arkansas decides to line up in a, in a you know, four down and put a three technique over him. But for the most part, he's actually going to be uncovered this week, which is, you know, it does help bringing in a new guard. So, um, he's going to be more or less the inside guy on a lot of different combinations. So it'll, um, you know, it, it should help, should help him kind of ease into a game, but yeah, certainly a big capable body. I think he filled in, in the spring and did just fine at right guard. So, um, we'll, we'll see. 
He's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. It's his weekly football fix. Thank you, my friend. I'll see you on Saturday for the postgame show. Let's go. See you, Ben. Hotty toddy. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.